but it, it, it infuriates me because it's such a simple thing not to do. Mm. Like, I'm not asking you to clean up the oceans. Like, we know there's, like, great environmental harm going on. I'm just asking you not to throw the cup out of your window. Squeegee Podcast, Season 2. This podcast is sponsored by Blind Maggot, Magna Colas, M&R, Target Transfers, and Adobe Creative Suite. So my name is Jacob Bennett. I own and operate Agenda Trading Company out of my 235 square foot shop behind me. Uh, the whole brand is based off of pretty much all my interests, like tattoos, outdoors, camping, like just everything I'm into, I've managed to roll into a brand. And most of my stuff is e-commerce. I do local events around town as well. But uh, that's basically the gist of it. Yeah. So have you, do you do uh, commission work for other people alongside Agenda, like as a print shop? Or? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, over the years, I've been able to kind of transition where I make more of my money off of the brand than I do custom printing. But obviously, I'm set up for custom printing, so there's no reason not to do it. Mm-hmm. But I've up my minimum over the years, and I've I've got it kind of dialed in where I have a bunch of repeat customers. I print for a lot of bands and schools and things like that. So it's, it's people I've worked with before. So they pretty much contact me. Hey, this is what I need. Give me a price. We'll pay it. And it's easy, easy, not just back and forth over 12 shirts, you know. Yeah. Um, how did you, because I'm in a really, really similar situation where I don't take on any new customers now, but like, how long did it take you to build mm-hmm. up like that customer? Like, how long have you been printing for other people where you got the confidence to kind of like start saying no to certain jobs? Uh, it's still, I'm still learning because <laughs> sometimes like I have those jobs that are just too easy that come by and I should <laughs> say no, but I take them on anyway. Um, so I started building my business on the side, probably, I think it was about 2010 and I was working at a print shop where, uh, we actually specialized in vehicle wraps. So that's right. mainly what I did. But, um, then about six years ago, I started working for myself full time. And over those six years, like the last two years, I've like really focused in on the brand mm. more so than anything, especially once COVID hit, my online sales went through the roof naturally, and that was the way I wanted to make my money anyway. So I just started channeling my energy that way. And I mean, it's more of a long-term thing because I'm going to make less money in the immediate. Yes. But in the long term, I'm building, like I'm not enslaving myself to my business so much. I'm actually making my money on the things I want to make it off of. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's also just like this psychological burden of having someone else's expectations of a custom print job on you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they push their stress on you. And then yeah. you're taking it yeah. on from all these different directions. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a one man operation. So I'm my own boss. But when you're printing for other people, and they give you thousands of dollars, they're kind of your boss for the next two weeks until you get that order out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so like, how do you get any guidance in like these business decisions? Do you just talking it out with your wife? Are you reading books or like, is it mainly just how you feel? And is it quite self-initiated? Or? Uh, all the above. 
I have a few, I have a lot of friends in the industry and I have like within like a five mile radius of my house, there's probably 10 print shops. Mm. So like, I don't really compete with them or anything. We all have our own little niche, but I have a ton of people that run just custom printing businesses. And then I have friends that have like damn near like half million, million dollar e-commerce apparel businesses. So I have resources that I can draw from uh, mm. just talking it through with people, tons of trial and error. Just like when you're learning how to screen print, you're going to mess yeah. up a bunch of shirts. It's the same kind of thing, running ads and all that. Like, it's an ever evolving process and especially using social media that is constantly changing as well. I have to change and adapt to that for it to work for me. So it's never like, you're never just going to set it and then it's good to go. And you, you might be able to coast for a month or two, but something's going to change and you're going to have to adapt to that. So. Yeah. It is changing like week on week with all these yeah. things that they're bringing out and all the platforms are competing with each other like crazy um like what kind of things so you said you you do like in person like market stores and stuff have you ever broken it down in terms of like percentages of like how much money you're making um on markets and e-commerce and different events or yeah yeah um the events i haven't really dialed in precisely I get a lot of cash sales and stuff and things will kind of like, I get busy at those markets and I'll kind of lose track of stuff. But uh, the markets are definitely a big money maker. I'm looking at my calendar right now. I got one this Saturday, next Saturday, the Saturday after that, I'm actually going out of state for a market. Like yeah. <laughs> spring and fall, I get really busy and almost have an event every weekend. And those are a huge money maker. Um, but between that and online sales, if I combine both of those, it's probably equal to my custom printing. So it's 50-50-ish. Right. It'll vary month to month. Spring and fall, I make way more off of the brand because of markets. And because of that, naturally, I can't take on as many custom jobs. So mm. the custom jobs kind of float me through the summer months and then like after Christmas. Yeah. And then the brand takes up for it in other parts of the year. Yeah, that's really interesting. So has it like taken you a few years to kind of realize what the good markets are? Because I don't know if it's the same here, but I've been to market stores where I like, it's nothing, like almost mm -hmm. nothing. And then you might hit a sweet one where there's like no competition. Like we, we did like an ale festival, like, and we just signed up for it the day before. And that was like the best ever. So do you think it takes quite a few years to figure it out or do you think you have to keep going to the same event to build your name up or both uh i've been doing events pretty much since day one and uh so i'm established in the local area i have people that like invite me to events now oh nice so i do them all over the state and i'm even going out of state and uh but it is brand recognition too um it's just like the mcdonald's arches like it doesn't even say McDonald's anymore. It's just the arches, but everybody knows what it is because they see it all the time. It's just over and over. You see it and see it and see it. And even though my brand isn't like, it's not like a local themed stuff. I still have a few local kind of shirts that still fit within like the outdoor kind of stuff. So I sell a lot of those naturally at the markets. That's kind of, I use that as like 
a step to get them into my booth. Like I'll kind of highlight <laughs> some of the local shirts and they'll come in and start looking at everything else. But uh, I have a really good local like customer base that when I, when they know I'm going to a market, they'll come out and buy stuff in person nice. and all that. Oh, that's brilliant. It's amazing how you can get to a level where you're very self-sufficient running off relatively simple kit because mm-hmm. I've got the, the same cruiser as you and I think yeah. that's a buddy but it's I like that it's suspended yep. you'll have to tell us about all your space saving things but oh yeah it's, it's quite a sweet spot isn't it because you don't have these overheads yep. that the big studios have so you don't have like it's no desperation anymore because you can just like pick and choose you're not as like under pressure with like salaries and things yeah do you think exactly. you a sweet spot or do you want to grow like what was what's your ambition for size do you reckon i've considered doing the storefront thing but again i see that as a short-term gain because the whole reason i went into business for myself is like i don't like being told what to do <laughs> so <laughs> i've got to be my own boss and live how i want to live and I have a very flexible schedule. Like tomorrow, I'm going camping in the middle of the week because I have an <laughs> event this weekend. Yeah. But during the week, as long as I take care of work and uh, I have to pay my mortgage regardless. So this is paid for. I don't have any rent. All my equipment's paid off. So like you said, there's no overhead. I mean, I have the stress of providing for my whole family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have the stress of paying other people that also have to provide for their family. And uh, I know I could expand, I could do a storefront and I would definitely make more money. But to me, the it takes away more of my time and it's not worth the profit, yeah. you know? Yeah, because what are you, I, I always find this really interesting because you're talking about like other people having million dollar brands and stuff, but then you're thinking, are they earning money to spend more time with their families? Whereas you're in a yeah. sweet spot where you can go away. <laughs> So why get bigger if it's not giving you more time with your family? Yeah. There's just yeah, this and, constant weighing up, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a balancing act, but like it's very easy to get caught up in that race of just like more, more, more. Like, well, if I expand, I can make more. And then, but then that just adds stress too. I mean, to be successful, you do have to push the boundary. Like you can't just like sit where you're at and expect yeah. to progress in life. But there's a sweet spot. Like I've, I'm just a dude printing out in my garage and I have people on Instagram all the time. They're like, Oh man, I wish I could do what you're doing. I'm like, well, for eight years, I worked 60 hours at a print shop and I came home every night and printed Yeah. <laughs> and I put in the work and worked those double jobs and all that. And now years down the road, I do have this mm. like sweet spot of having a lot of free time, but still making a living and all that you know yeah but no, you got to put in the hard work sooner than later yeah yeah no i'm i'm completely on board with loads of things you're saying so like <clears throat> are, are you a water-based uh studio or are you plastisol or is plastisol that- um yeah. I, i've messed with water-based i i like it but of course like working from home too like and i have small kids like conflict comes up a lot and I have to just stop what I'm doing (laughs) and you don't want to leave water-based ink sitting in a screen all day (laughs) so plastisol just makes sense because my wife stays at home with the kids and uh, 
but I mean, she'll have to go run errands and stuff. And that, there's just like chaos going on in the house. So I have to stop what I'm doing. So yeah, plastic saw is easy. It works for me. But yeah, because um, in the UK, there's always been this like kind of um, slightly negative thing about plastic not being as environmental. But yeah. I think yeah. on, on our scale of manual small <clears throat> heater, it's actually more consuming of energy and resources to do water-based ink printing. So like I've been like going between the two, but um, for especially if you're doing any commercial printing for other people, you, I think you kind of, you're leaning towards Plasso because it <clears throat> does make sense financially. And as you say, like you can just go have a lunch break or yeah, set it up and yeah. take a phone call and it's just convenient. Yeah, and that's a, another that's thing, right. especially I run all this myself. So if I have to respond to an email or do this and like, it's very seldom, like I joke all the time, but the least amount of my screen printing business is actually screen printing. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I'm hardly ever standing over here compared to all the other things that's going. The days I get to stand over there, I have a TV and I'll just watch stuff on YouTube. And that's like the most peaceful days where I can stand there and print. <laughs> yeah. But that's like such a small fraction of my actual overall business. Mm. yeah can, can you tell us about some of the stuff in your studio because um i don't if yeah if people don't follow you i think it's like they're doing themselves an injustice but <laughs> there's really interesting things like how you're doing all this space saving in the tiny area like can you talk to us about some of the the coolest things you've oh yeah so my whole shop 235 square feet it's about nine and a half feet wide and I don't know if you can tell, but my, my press clears the wall by about that much <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> so if you got to get to the garage door, you got to turn style through it. Yeah. So uh, really, let's see, from here back, nothing's really changed since day one. Like the press kind of has to stay there. But like my oven here is actually suspended from the ceiling. So that it's attached to the wall and suspended. So all this is open floor space so i can have storage over here this is a lot of website inventory and i have these rolly carts with more inventory there's yeah, two under beautiful. here did you yeah. make those? yeah i made all these all this yeah. is made out of like pallet wood this one i actually welded up the frame on it oh and you and, have uh, a brand on the side of it as well it's so cool yeah 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 these are i have a, a camper van that i can just load these into when i go do markets and stuff all right so this is kind of like my command center for packing orders because I kind of have everything right here. But uh, like my ink over here, I even set it into the wall instead of building off the wall just mm. to have like a little bit more space. Uh, I have tall ceilings, so vertical space, obviously. Right behind, behind the computer, there's a wall, but above me, I have about 80 screens going like oh. all the way across. Uh, I got my transparency printer over there. My light table is right next to me. And the like the light table where I'm sitting, I actually used to have a dark room framed up kind of right in here. And I was thinking, I was like, I'm the only person that's ever in the shop. Yeah. Like, why <laughs> no, do I no need a designated in. dark room that's just taking up floor space? So I tore it down. And now I, I have like a yellow light in here. I just turn off the lights and cover the window and burn screens in here instead of trying to cram in this little bitty dark room that was wasting space 99% of the time. Mm. So do, it, do, you, 
Yeah. Do you think they're like standardizing things like screen sizes, squeegee sizes? Like what kind of like standardized things do you do to make everything work? Because <clears throat> I've had a hodgepodge of loads of different stuff, like just stuff that people gave me. And I realized that it was actually slowing us down. And it's much yeah. better to to buy my own things, all the same screen size and but even limit the amount of mesh and yeah, I use I use the uh, twenty three by thirty one inch screens, the big ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is great about those, you don't have to tape the sides. There's so much working room in them. You got to <laughs> tape off registration marks and stuff, but you can fit multiple images in there. Like almost every time I burn a screen, there's at least a left chest and like the main image or whatever on there. All the ones on the press are doubled up, so you can just flip them around. So you actually save money by not using tape. They're easier to clean. You don't get all the ink piled up on the sides and all that. You can put two images on there per screen. And uh, if you have like the, the cruiser that has the side clamps, those, I think that's kind of important for the bigger screens to hold yeah, registration. 100%. Yeah. Cause when you just have it at the bottom, that's a lot of wiggle room, but um, definitely streamlining screens like that. Uh, I'm in the process process of like upgrading all my squeegees to the aluminum ones is yeah. easier to clean and all that and so but sometimes it's, it's like you do keep hold of them for way too long though don't you you're like oh it's i could still get a few more prints out of this yeah. one, and then you've even got like splinters on your hand and you're still like trying to justify it you're like yeah yep. well yeah, a lot of my wood ones have been breaking on me lately like the squeegee <laughs> itself so i'm kind of like i feel better about it if it yeah. breaks, I'm like, well, now I have to get new ones. So. Yeah, we we do <laughs> but, purges. We do purges. Yeah. So you just sell everything, and then I'm not allowed to touch it. I got rid of like <laughs> over 100, 150 screens in one go. That's Ooh. a lot. So, yeah, and enormous That's a ones. Lot. Yeah, because people just use this place as like a dumping ground for screen printing kit, and I'm like, yeah. I'll take it if it's free, but I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I used to do that, but like, I don't. I just don't have room because also. I, I try my damnedest for my business not to expand into my house. So oh, yeah. everything has to stay in here. Uh, about the only thing I do right now, I probably have like 12 boxes of shirts in my van. So I call that like my storage unit. <laughs> so <laughs> when I have really big jobs, I'll put all the boxes in the van and just pull them out, print them, put them back in the van just because I don't have a lot of floor space in here. But other than that, I try to keep everything streamlined. And I think it's a it's applicable to even big shops of like being organized and clean and obviously in here I have to be like mm. one little thing's out of place I get plastisol on my thumb then it's on everything um, I think a lot of people use that ex excuse of like oh we're too busy to clean you know like mm. if you're just cleaning you aren't working and it's like if you're so busy and making so much money. That you can't stop and clean your shop you should probably hire somebody to come do it for you then yeah because a, like a clean organized shop is gonna run better like mm. there's no way around it i've worked in shops with like 20 color automatic presses like two of them in there and we still kept it clean you mm. know like it, it is scalable and i think people underestimate that and just a work environment like i'm looking at your backdrop behind you like it's nice it's welcoming you got plants in there like you yeah. want that in your workspace, especially yeah. if you have employees. You want people to want to come to work and enjoy where they're working. 
no that's true i did actually when i first started i let let i did workshops and teaching and mm-hmm. at one point i let people just print on the walls with the screens <laughs> and then I realized, but then you realize you turn around one day and you're like oh my god this place looks like a child's nursery but graffiti yeah. hellhole so yeah no it's really important to have respect for your workplace and um yeah cleanliness also that the cleanliness thing to me isn't even about being a neat person it's just the the margins on jobs are are relatively small so if you Mm -hmm. stupidly put ink on a shirt and then have to stop what you're doing because you haven't completed the order you can't give the customer the full thing you've got to tell the customer that you're late order maybe take down that job, put up another job. And it's just yep. not yeah. worth it. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, so it's not efficient. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why would you add that stress in? Um, <laughs> can we talk about some of your other um, like interests that feed into the brand? Because uh, <clears> there's <throat> one thing in particular that I, I want you to, because you do like a lot of these shirts that are like about litter bugs. And I feel yeah. like this is one of your things where you're like getting enraged by it. Can you yeah. talk to me about like how that's influenced some of your designs and stuff? Yeah, so like the whole brand's like outdoor oriented and all that. And with the litter bug thing, like it oh man, <laughs> I'm getting lucky. You just brought it up with that. I know. I'll show you something yeah. as well. One <laughs> this is this is my favorite thing. Oh yep. <laughs> have you got one? Of my kids had one this morning. Oh, your kids have one. <laughs> yeah, we go and walk around the neighborhood, and we'll pick up trash. But it, it it infuriates me because it's such a simple thing not to do. Mm. Like I'm not asking you to clean up the oceans. Like we know there's like great environmental harm going on. I'm just asking you not to throw the cup out of your window. That's it. Like if you're in public, there's probably a trash can in eyesight somewhere. Like, yeah. That's why it infuriates me. <laughs> and there's been times where we're out in public and I'll see somebody litter and I'm like, hey, and my wife's like, come on. Like, why you gotta, I'm like, pick it up. <laughs> but they probably yes, do it because you've got the deep voice and you're like, like they'll yeah. probably actually do it without too much. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely like, I, a lot of my designs are like tongue in cheek, like some of the literal bugs and like the one that says like stomp out litter bugs i don't mean going around just beating up people at litter but you it's a funny to. shirt yeah <laughs> i want to it's not about what i do and... <laughs> but yeah that's that's a simple one and it's just to me it's not even about like it's just about being a good person like that's what you do yeah you just don't litter simple yeah <laughs> also it's very therapeutic going on walks and picking up rubbish like if yeah. I wasn't a printer, I'd work for the council. I'd clean up the high street where my hive is. Like well, that's a pleasant thing to do. <laughs> and being a parent, like everybody hears it, but very few do it. But like, you got to lead by example. I, so when we go on walks, like I said, my my kids will fight over the trash picker and who gets to pick up trash. <laughs> one of them, like one of them, will pick it up. The other one will throw the trash back on the ground so he can take the grabbers and he can pick it up. <laughs> And then, Which like, is daunting, beat, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and then you catch them beating up a kid in the park for like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. Well, yeah, we go it. to the park and there's like, <laughs> they're like, why is there trash everywhere? I'm like, I, there's, I don't know. Just people just <laughs> think that's where the, the trash goes and they'll spend yeah. more time at the park picking up trash. 
Yeah, I think that's really super relatable though. And like loads of people obviously hate that, but it's never really, like I haven't seen that as a theme of a shirt before, but I think yeah. that makes, makes your brand a bit more authentic, doesn't it? Because you're just reflecting your own life and experiences back. And, and that's actually, that's a good segue. Like when I first started the brand, like all, I, I didn't have a huge direction, but I knew it want, I wanted it to be kind of like an outdoor brand. Like we're real big into homesteading. We have chickens, a full garden in the backyard. Like, and so I, I knew what my interest was. I just couldn't really like steer it in. So I was doing these kind of like just broad kind of outdoor shirts that were just kind of vague and then uh i forgot what design it was but a few years back i put out one that was a little bit more edgy yeah and i was like i don't know about this but it took off and i was like oh this is it like <laughs> i can just put whatever i want on t-shirts and people will buy it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the, the authenticity is what people like yeah and the brand's all me there's no hiding behind it so like anything i put out is like something I believe in or I think the funny design or this and that so that resonates with people and especially with like Instagram because Instagram's on your phone and your phone's in your pocket so it, it drives me nuts with people's Instagram where they try to act overly professional and we're like we know it's your phone in your pocket like <laughs> loosen up a little bit like just chat with me <laughs> yeah but you can you can really easily see when it's like a big company you can see an advert from a yeah. mile off now yeah. so there's no point and that's not really what instagram should be about like not like my t-shirt's here and it's 29.99 it's like yeah no telling and resonating having conversations is is the most important part of it i think well that um, was something yeah. a friend of mine told me a few years ago about um like you aren't selling a product you're selling a story and the product like selling a product is the byproduct of good storytelling because mm -hmm. running like an e-commerce business, I'm a, I have to be a storyteller. Like I have to compel people into buying my brand. So if I just posted it, here's a t-shirt by the every single day, people are like, eh, like I might make a few, but I've put out just as much content that doesn't talk about the brand at all. It's, or I mean, it'll talk about the brand, but like, it's just me printing or like screen printing tips and stuff. Like you want to add value also. Yeah. And that's what people, they're like, well, if he's putting out this much stuff for free and helping people out for free, like I definitely want one of his shirts now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't yeah, like 100%. being sold to over and over and over again. So I know other people don't want to. Yeah. I mean, there's some people who like the content, and they're like, oh, how can I support you? Because I'm in a different country. And I'm like, yeah, uh, okay, here's my, this is the t-shirt that we just did. And it's like yep. shocking, but it's like, it's actually happened. Happen. So it's, yeah, no, 100%. This is what like the big companies don't understand. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. still, they're still paying for flat ads in magazines. <laughs> and they're just, I, I swear they're just going to die out. But so like, um, with with your screen printing and like certain brands that you buy into as a screen printer, like who do you like working with, or is there a special ink company that you've always like you think relates to you, or the the blanks even? Um, well, I can just name off some of the like apparel wise. I use Next Level 
for a lot of mm. my stuff. Um, mm. It's really good fit, and it's not the most expensive, but it's not like a gilded shirt. Yeah. Because especially if you're building a brand, you want shirts that people want to wear. Like, yeah. I want a nice fitting shirt, so I'm going to print shirts that I want to wear. Um, so brand-wise, I definitely don't think you should cut corners on that kind of stuff. You know, mm. custom printing, I'll still print gilded shirts all day long. But uh, so apparel-wise, I think a little higher-end stuff for brands. Um, there's this company, Screen Print Direct, that uh, I order a lot of supplies from. And uh, like here in the U.S., a lot, all their inks, or most of their inks are like made here in the U.S., which is pretty cool. Uh, they're a smaller company as well. Got very competitive pricing. Really good stuff. Um, and they send me free stuff all the time to like oh, nice. make content for them. <laughs> nice. They're like, hey, can you like try out this new emulsion and just make us a video? I was like, well, yeah, I'll take some free emulsion and make you a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. People are seeing the um, seeing the value in affiliates, and because yeah. as a printer, you yeah, you're always looking up to like other printers or like across and seeing what others are doing. So yeah. I'd much rather, if a company says, oh, my emotion's really good, well, it doesn't mean anything. I'm going to yeah. go and I'm going to ask five other printers and see what yeah. emotion they use. <laughs> 100% like 10 years ago, I found that a lot where you'd ask questions and you'd just get a blank wall or there wasn't anyone to contact or there would just be an email address about like an info form and you're like, mm-hmm. but, but I suppose social media gives us access and you sometimes see who actually runs the print studio. Yeah. Um, and then like obviously the layer of podcasts and stuff like opens it up massively and oh yeah, I mean there's yeah. so much info. Like I'm on YouTube all the time when I can't figure out problems, you know. Yeah. Uh the the first print job I ever had, like right out of high school, um that that guy was like one of those old school guys that like would not give up anything. And I'm in there printing for him, learning how to screen print. And I would ask him questions. He's like, why are you asking that question? And get defensive. I'm like, I work for you. I need to know how to print. Like, I'm not trying to, like, run off and steal your customers. Like, you were paying me as an employee. Teach me how to screen print. But he was so standoffish. Anytime I asked him a question, he thought I was trying to, like, steal his knowledge. And I was going to run off with it. I'm like, I just need to know how to print these shirts. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. But I even had you accidentally, like, I have to stop myself, but on market stores, if I've got a special ink and someone likes that shirt, I'll be like, oh, that's puff ink, by the way, that you're feeling on that shirt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're like, oh, my God, really, tell me more. And otherwise they're like rolling their eyes and they don't need to know that information. But yeah, yeah. yeah I think I'm probably more the other way and I will <laughs> ramble on the phone with you for an hour if you do ask me screen printing questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's really funny. Um, I was just wondering, like, you're saying that you can just like roll that into a camper and stuff. Like, how valuable do you think? Do you think you'd be able to just turn off the commercial <clears throat> printing at some stage? Is that like a long-term ambition? And then would it be like the dream to just live off the brand and do more and more? Just keep squeezing yeah, it out? That's the plan. Uh, I don't think I'll ever not do custom printing because I'm set up for it. And if this, but it, I, I'm definitely, I don't take on every job that comes to me. Uh, so I'm already doing that. I, I have a very good repeat customer base. So I just schedule it out. If I can fit it in my schedule, 
I'll take it on. But if I have stuff scheduled later, I'll just tell them I can't do it. And a lot of the times they'll wait. Like mm. if it's not a time sensitive job, they'll just wait a week or two until I'm freed up. And I'm just honest with people. If I'm super busy or really behind, like I was like, we can do it, but the turnaround is going to be X amount of days instead of the normal, whatever it is, you know, but yeah. the ultimate goal is for the brand to be the like hundred percent money maker. Uh, yeah. so, like, I was gonna, I was, was gonna ask you, like, so how when you're building that brand, are you thinking about things like having affiliates for the brand, or are you gonna be the the main source <clears throat> of advertisement for it, or like how do you um, part of it? I do have some people that I just send stuff out to every now and then. The amount of people that ask me for free stuff every week is insane. And I, I get it. It never hurts to ask. But like, I'll have people that don't even follow me and they're like, hey, I love your brand. Can I have some free stuff? Yeah, it's like a copy and paste that they're just sending to everybody. I was like, I don't mind giving out free stuff, but I've got to have some value in return. So mm -hmm. that's what there's. Um, I have followers that have bought from me before and they'll tag me and stuff and I'll go to their page and look at them. I'm like, Oh, this is like a tattoo dude, the mountain climbs. Like that's <laughs> like my target demographic. Yeah. So I'll send him free stuff every now and then. And it makes him more loyal to the brand because he has turned around and spent more money with me. He's not just mm. banking on getting free shirts all the time, but I send him like, I still send them to him. Now, there's a few people like that. Um, uh, but I don't do any like official, like I, I want everything to feel authentic, mm -hmm. you know? And if I start doing like affiliate programs where I'm like, well, I need you to take four photos in this t-shirt and post them this many times to your story and this many times to your feed, like it loses that authenticity to mm -hmm. it. So like my, my band, my brand is very like punk rock and like DIY and I want to keep it that way. And um, there are times where I'm like, do need to get some other people so my feed's just not pictures of me over and over but right now it works so you just said about like your key demographic is like bearded mountain climber tattooed person well not bearded yeah. but I'm just adding that in but um he does is, have uh, a beard I mean yeah. you, you can stereotype <laughs> is it you is it you no I'm yeah. Yeah. um but do you have like people who you would have never dreamed of like buying into it that just shock you when they come on the market and they love all your stuff and they're really like excited about it or are you uh, let's see this sticker right here that says overgrow the government yeah it's got a marijuana leaf on it yeah middle-aged women love this sticker when i do market <laughs> i don't know what it is but they'll like flock to it and they'll kind of like slide it to me and keep it covered. Like, Hey, I would like to purchase this. And they'll like <laughs> put it in their purse real quick. But, uh, so there are designs like that, that like, it, it is always shocking to who buys what and what designs, because like when I put out, I have a release coming out this Friday and I have designs that I think like, this one's going to sell, then this one will probably be the next best, like, almost like when you put out an album, like, what's going to be the hit songs <laughs> on it? But then I'll put out releases and it'll be completely different. And I'm like, oh, well, I stopped this one way more because I thought it was going to sell more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, 
it ebb and flows and the longer you do it, the better feel you get for it. Like what kind of designs take off and all that. Um, my wife's always like, why do you put skulls on everything? I'm like, well, first off, they're cool and people <laughs> buy them. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, can I like, ask how you do your like inner neck labels or do you bother or like, have you no, uh, to do that or any of that yet? I've, I've done it before and that's, I would use water based on that or like a lot of curable reducer and plastisol. And I would like to do it. I like to look, make the, the brand feel a little tighter, but right now it's not high priority because it's just yeah. more work for me. Like maybe when I weed out all my custom printing, I might get like a tag printer, like a automatic one or something, but hmm. also don't have like any room to add yeah. any more equipment in here. <laughs> yeah. So have you got a heat press? No. No, I have a little one on the floor right over here, but I don't use it very often. Yeah, because like Cause, we've uh, done, we've done all of those things. Like we've done directly putting in the <clears> neck labels, printing them, which is like very scary if you've got like a six color front and back, and you're like, oh, yeah, you want to print the tag first so you know which shirts are gonna if the tag print gets messed up. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> and then we've done like plaster transfers, making our own transfers. I've done those. Those. Yeah, but we just found. DTF by the meter, single color white because then they can't really mess it up, or even yeah. like ultra color transfers, but just the white ones. Um, they're just almost unkillable sometimes. Like, yeah, we're not getting any duds, it's quick. Um, and we can just like have them in stock. So, all of our neck labels are always going to be the same, they're always just going to be blind maggot. We put the size labels in separate. I mean, they're already in there separate. So mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, that's, I, I'm just glad that bit of technology is just coming at the right time so that we don't have to faff around with directly printing them in. Yeah. It's yeah. not adding much value, is it? I mean, it's cool. Like, and especially just from a creative standpoint, like, it's just fun to do those little things. Like, so, like you said, with the puffing, you're going, off the deep end tell them about yeah. puffing and they're like i'm just trying to buy this shirt from you i know like, I, I don't, I don't care what kind of, and i'm like well i had to use like a 280 <laughs> mesh count to get this like inside print and it didn't bleed through the shirt and everybody's like i can't see the tag when it's on me anyway i don't care so, <laughs> I, know. I know yeah no it is it is important but at least we've got like our partners to kind of like pull us back from the edge of going like deep diving into the details and stuff isn't it yeah, that's no, funny. So the, you're saying like other print studios around you, um, like they're quite busy and stuff. <clears throat> Do you ever like recommend other studios when you have when you're not going to take on the job? Do you go that oh, yeah. far? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one right down the road. They're like one of the bigger ones in town, and their graphic designer buys shirts from me like every release. <laughs> yeah. But um they're capable of just taking on way bigger jobs or like four color process. I don't really mess around with that kind of stuff. Or if I just honestly don't want to do the job, I'll just yeah. like, uh, yeah, you can go over here. Do you so, buffer it before or do you say, guys, there's an incoming crappy job or do you just, they take oh, no, I've, there's been some I've sent over there and uh, they'll email me and they're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we don't want this job either. <laughs> I was like, I'm just kicking the can off to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. 
I got I got told off by someone in town for that, and now I'm like, it was digital printing, and I just yeah. I knew I knew it was awful because it was like a they walked to the door. That's something you don't have to deal with, no, I suppose. No. Oh my god, you get <laughs> anyone off the street, and they're like telling you in depth details about how someone's died, and they need the order of service printed. You know, like it's not me That'd anyway. Be- yeah, I, I got told off for kicking the can down there, so I don't I don't do any of that now. Well, yeah. that's that's why I don't have a business phone either. I do everything through email because, <laughs> like, people just want to like discuss their design with you, and I'm like, I don't need your life story about these 24 T-shirts. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, yeah. that cuts into your profit margin, and people don't understand that. Like, it's time away from other things. Mm. And with email, I have a paper trail. Like, yes. I can see what our conversation was. So. I designed something you're like, oh, well, I said this. And it's like, well, no, you didn't. <laughs> this is what we discussed and this is what you got. So I yeah. I don't have the time to do the phone calls and I definitely don't do walk-in business, obviously, working from home. I do have customers come to my house and pick up custom orders. But again, they're repeat customers. Like it's not a bunch of strangers coming to my house and all that. Yeah. So. And you can sell them some eggs as well from the chickens. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, do you want some of these? I've got yep. an excess amount of this. No, I think, but if you were designing a business model that suited your lifestyle, what you've got is what you'd build with hindsight. But you seem to have just like, how, did you ever have a phone and go, oh, this is a nightmare, turn it off? Or are these things you've developed or you kind of knew most of them from the beginning? Or the lucky accidents or? Uh, kind of all of the above, yeah. you know, like uh, <clears throat> when I first started printing, I was playing in bands and stuff and out of necessity, bands need merch. Yeah. And uh, I started printing that way, but I didn't really have an idea to do a brand. And then everything kind of started evolving from there. And I knew I'd, I'd wanted to be my own boss one day and work for myself but I didn't really have like a clear this is how I'm gonna get to that point it just kind of worked out through trial and error um I actually sent out an email touching on this yesterday about how not taking the jump now isn't going to benefit you later like it's going to be hard but it's only going to get harder the longer you wait yeah and I started working for myself when I was 28 or 29 but that was my goal was to like do it before I turned 30 and uh even then I was like man I should have made that jump way earlier like yeah or had kids and all that like because I, I quit my job and then we had our first child in that same year Jeez, so yeah. it was like it was a lot going on I was like man if I would have done this when I was 24 and went through all those hardships beforehand would have made a big difference but hindsight yeah no yeah I, I'm always trying to encourage people to be their own boss and stuff even if it is this like side hustle culture that everyone's got going on now it's perfect <clears throat> because ultimately you're going to look back on your career and unless it's a <clears throat> career where you can't do it when independently like I don't know a surgeon or something you can't just be your own independent surgeon in certain areas (laughs) most people can just do their own business and build it up and it is scary but you're building something for someone else yeah well i i think that's so important just (laughs) 
yeah, just for all business. It doesn't have to be screen printing. Like, even if you are just doing a side business, like my wife propagates a lot of the plants in our yard and just sells them off of like Facebook Marketplace. And it's a few bucks here and there, but it's plants we already have that we got to trim up anyway. You know, like there's so many different ways to make money, especially with the internet, that there's no reason not to do something. Like it doesn't have to be your end all be all your main money maker, but like even these websites where you can just upload an image and they'll fulfill it for you and everything. Like I've even messed around with that, like setting up some Etsy pages that use a fulfillment service is just kind of passive income because I have all these design ideas that don't necessarily fit with the agenda brand, but they're good designs. So I do that and it doesn't make me a lot of money, but I make a hundred, 200 bucks a month off of that and I don't do anything yeah. like I set mm. it up once and it just kind of sits there and I check mm. on it like once a month and yeah but then sometimes the funny thing like just takes off um and you're thinking well at the end of like 10 years of print if you were still printing for those of that other guy in that screen print studio the one who said he didn't teach you anything all you'd have now is calluses and then yeah, yeah. that's it you might have well, health I- insurance or something but it's like if you haven't got anything like tangible. Yeah. Can... Not, yeah. Oh, just... Well, I was lucky. Like the, the last boss I had, I worked for him for about eight years. And like I said, we mainly did vehicle wraps. So we did, it was a full blown print shop. We did everything, signs, t-shirts, vehicle wraps. But he was like very good at like letting me learn and teaching me stuff. And any question I had and like, as I worked there, he knew I wanted to build my own business. So he, and he knew that, but he would still teach me what he knew. And like, mm. because of that, I was able to like cut my hours where instead of just abruptly quitting, I think when I quit, I was working like two and a half days a week or something. And uh, I still call him when I have questions and I'll do side work from form from time to time, but he's getting close to retirement age. And like what you were saying, I'm I have a new family and everything so I'm like on the uptick of life mm. right now and he's like getting ready to settle back down and thinking about selling the business in a few years and like where would that put me yeah when I'm in the middle of raising kids if he just got rid of his business you know yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd have nothing you'd have a I I think it's pro- I'm probably a bit too far on the side of self-employment but in my opinion you just got another line on your CV <clears throat> yeah and- <laughs> You just lie about it anyway. Just make it up. Yeah. Just get your friend to pretend that they're your, uh, you know, well, that they're your ex-boss me, or something. But. I, like over the last year and like after COVID and all that stuff, like I've, I've really been pondering the idea of like freedom more and being your own boss gives you that freedom. Like, because to me, that's ultimately what it is. Like we all have to make money but we should never like none of us should be so tied into something that we can't escape it. Hmm. And not that I want to escape this, but I have so much freedom built in my life because I've been deliberate with how I've built my business. Yeah. And like that is way more valuable yeah. than like the bottom line, you know, and how much I'm making every single day. So, yeah. and to me, that's worth it. Like, um, like I said earlier, we're looking to buy property and move out to that. And hopefully I'll have this, like you know a whopping 500 square foot print shop which would be double what i have now (laughs) 
but uh, like overlooking a pond with like ducks and chickens and stuff running around, but it's still screen printing. But it'd, be I, I've, it'd be funny if you actually just like got your huge studio, but you actually just contained yourself in a corner because it was like yeah, too much yeah. space for you, like too yeah. overwhelming. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm able to like pick up and move because I don't have a storefront, you know? Um, in the summer of 2020, we spent a month in Colorado camping out of the van, like me, my wife, our two kids, and our 65-pound dog. <laughs> but I, I brought all my inventory with me. So I was fulfilling orders on the road the whole time. Wow, that's so cool. It was a, a lot. Uh, I yeah. don't know if I, could, yeah. if I could do it now because my business has taken off so much in the last two years. I think I'd have to like pull a whole trailer behind the van to like <laughs> manage it. But it was cool that that was kind of the plan. I wanted to test it to see if I could maintain that. And it worked out. And it's something that I could see if we wanted to take family vacations. Like, yeah, I'm still working, but like I'm actively making money while we're on the trip, spending money. And all I got to do is package orders every day. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes on market stores and stuff, do you feel like it's actually not, it's not really like work, work? Because making money and selling is fun. Talking to the customers is fun. Sometimes you can just have a beer and get some street food and, well, that's what I was like, about to say. Like yeah. those night markets, I'm like, I get to sit around, drink beer, and talk about myself. Yes. Like, <laughs> and people are excited to hear it. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> what's better than that? What other what other job yeah. can you do that in? It's not even like, yeah, it's not even stressful <laughs> like the making the food because you just give them the shirt and yeah. say, oh yeah, you look nice in that, or yeah, piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely think it's. I think a lot of print studios should just taste it, you know? They should just try and do their <clears> shop shirt as a bit of a brand. Maybe think about it yeah. as a brand or go to a market and just test the waters on those things because it, it is incredibly fun. And um, it's showing and your every, kids as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my kid, my wife will bring the kids out there and like they're like pulling shirts off out of inventory and like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh just like screen printing in general, we're all naturally kind of like creative people. We stare at like shirt designs all day. So naturally we got tons of them up here. Why not give it a shot to try to do a market, you know, mm. or I've even done live printing before, yeah. which is a little bit more work getting equipment out there and stuff. But like, it's also a good way to just market. Like even if yeah. you're a big print shop that doesn't want to have like a brand, but you just make some cool shop shirts where like, the shop name might just be kind of small under the main design. It's just a cool design. And like mm. that gets people buying the shirts. They so make some money, but then you get networking in there and get those custom jobs and stuff. Yeah. So I've gotten plenty of custom jobs through doing markets as well. Just yeah. talking to people. Yeah. I know that that's something else that I'm trying to tell people is, uh, cause I'm just trying to, we do, I do this marketing column for a magazine, but I'm doing it for a different magazine now, but, um, that's one of the huge things I'm trying to communicate to these people doing advertising is we're actually having to have so many conversations about, oh, will you print my shirt for me? And we're a bit like, no, we're really just printing for ourselves now. But if I led all those opportunities, then mm -hmm. yeah, there's just so much out there that's just not being, yeah, um, taken on as jobs. But like people who are sitting in the studios like twisting like twiddling their thumbs going why am I not getting jobs it's because go out 
like go outside yeah. and yeah. do something a bit different and they're literally waiting and they just don't know about you well that's like the difference between an entrepreneur and like a business owner like a business mm. owner just has a business to make money like but an entrepreneur no matter what the field like they're just more creative like they can adapt to things and change things and like mm. like right now on instagram they're really pushing the reels and doing videos and i'm like well i guess i'm doing this now and it's taken off like i've gotten way more interactions and traction and all that and like it seems silly and people are like well i don't care about that and i was like that's the market today right yeah it doesn't mean you have to fully embrace it and be like do tiktok dances or anything but like that is how you're going to get your brand out there so you do have to play that game a little bit you know mm, yeah i'll play any bloody game it's not going to be tiktok <laughs> and instagram in a few years it's going to be something completely different yeah be like, exactly and you're going to have to adapt to that so yeah. it's probably going to be like vero and nfts and like digital <laughs> shit that you don't even know that so you're probably going no, to have to sell a t-shirt but <laughs> yeah. genuinely you'll probably have to sell a t-shirt and then there'll be a digital version of it and then people yeah. are like collecting your brand and leveling up and then they interact that with your website and then they get limited edition shirts and there's going to be they're not going to be called nfts anymore it's just going to be like memberships to yep. agenda for example and then like mm -hmm. if they see you at a market they get like one token and if they, yeah. if they buy off <laughs> your website five times and they get upgraded to another token and special access and we just have to stay have to keep looking at it even if we're not interested yet because it's gonna yeah you always it's gonna switch over yeah you have to keep your finger on the pulse of things like mm. i mean even though like i've kind of streamlined my business how i have everything set up and everything i use like i love screen printing so i'm always interested in seeing what's going on in the industry i'm like that's really cool i'm not going to do it but it's still really <laughs> cool that it's being done kind of thing you know i'm at least aware of it so it doesn't like come out of left field and i'm like oh no what like <laughs> Yeah. direct their garments overtaking the whole industry i didn't even know what it was or whatever you know yeah i've i've made some um slightly negative comments about that and i got absolutely roasted by some big industry people like <laughs> like i didn't even know you followed me i'm allowed my opinion on dtg <laughs> but well yeah, you're allowed yeah. that opinion but it's wrong dtg is not that cool <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway so what is it like can you explain to people who don't know or are just like getting into making their own brand and they're going to be tempted to go for like people fulfilling it and then they're going to get tempted by that dtg thing and then all mm -hmm. the other things but like is there a reason why you've stuck to screen print for your brand and you probably it's not just like you yeah what are the reasons that you've stuck to it and you haven't been tempted by the other things? Well, authenticity, uh, quality control. Because uh, I'm definitely, like I said, I have the, those Etsy pages set up and I'll get samples in and I'm like, I mean, this is good for what it is, but I'm not going to put like myself behind that brand. You know, like that's really just passive income of just dumb shirt designs and people know what they're getting. But like, I'm not going to have like a lifestyle brand and then put out crappy products. So, mm. um, so they don't say gender are, on them. They're just like faceless. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. Dumb things and goofy things like that. Just, but, um, yeah, it is tempting. And there's a, there are some resources with fulfillment services and all that, but 
I think you gotta, especially starting out, like you've got to have your hands on the product and you've got to like put in that work. Like everybody just wants to like jump to this bigger area. Like one of my friend's brands and he like, he's so big, but he doesn't do any of the design or the printing, but they do fulfill everything. So he still orders in bulk and all that. But like, he's the one that told me like, you're marketing. That's what you're doing. Like that is his job is to market and build content and stuff. And the product sells itself. But just by like, when I fulfill orders, I put a little handwritten note in like each order. And that goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. Like I have more people commenting on just that note than anything else. And uh, when I have the capital, I usually buy extra stickers and throw in stickers with packages. And you can't do that with a fulfillment service, obviously, you know, and then if there's, they get the wrong size, they got to contact you, you got to contact that. And it's, it actually adds more problems unless you're such a large scale where you can like, you have the capital to fine tune all that stuff. But mm. starting off, you need your hands on the product, even if you're getting somebody else to print them. Yeah. Um, I heard like this entrepreneur guy who I follow on Instagram and he said the other day, everyone's asking like how to get there the fastest. And it's like, well, you're just, just piss off then. Cause it's kind of yeah. like, if you're, if you're asking how to do everything fast, you're saying how to do everything crappy for a quick buck, then you're going to get found out. So it's like, yeah, exactly. I, it's, yeah. it's, that's a short term gain. Like there's, a, it's like playing the lottery. There might be a chance you'll hit it big, but more than likely not. So it's not worth those short term gains just to like, cause I see ads like that. They're like, how to start a streetwear brand for $300 or whatever. And it's like, it's the most vague stuff and just like boring designs that look like everything else and all that. So you just got to be authentic for what you're doing. And that mm. resonates with people. Yeah. Um, can I talk to you about like, you said you have all these designs in your head. Are you the, do you ever like give anyone else the design work, but kind of like set them up with like what <clears> you want or do you always take it on yourself or? I do most of my design work uh I have a handful of designs like in the past because I always say like I'm a screen printer first and then a designer second but I have a, a bunch of friends that are like professional designers and uh one of them he he needed some shirts printed so I was like at the time I didn't have a logo. I was like, yeah. you design me a logo, I'll print you some shirts. So my main logo, my little ATC tree, he actually designed that. Like the one thing I didn't design is my logo. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of gave him like an idea of what I was envisioning. And I'd try to sketch it out. I, I could just never design it how I saw it in my head and he nailed it. So I'm not opposed to that. It's just like, it's like tattoos. Like guys are like, they have their artists and you go to the same person over and over and over and it's like that's great but there's a lot of talent out there mm. so like it's okay to change it up like you can still have your guy like i got people that i get most of my tattoos from but like i'm not gonna like there's this guy over here that's doing awesome work too so yeah if there's a design that's past my skill set like i will send it to yeah. a friend but i do 99 percent of my own designs yeah no that's really cool i i actually don't have that skill i um i can sit there for a few hours 
wasting time making something disgusting and then I asked for like <laughs> oh is this good and like Em would just say no let me take that job off you I thought that was going to be okay and then she just does yeah. a whole new version of it but at least I can set <clears throat> her up and I can set up designers and I've got the eye for it I just haven't put in any time to like being an illustrator but that's good knowing that this isn't a strong point for you because yeah. that is the downfall like when you try to do everything but you can't you know there is like when you're starting off you do have to wear all the hats and do a little bit of everything but like i've gotten to the point now where like certain things i'm like i can do it but it it makes more sense for my time if i just pay somebody else to do this or whatever mm -hmm. like or get somebody else to do something I'm still trying to find somebody that'll reclaim screens for me all the time, but nobody wants to do that job. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God, muggins used to do it for people. Um, but what was it? So, like, what is one of the jobs that you have outsourced? Is it is it to do with your like finances, or is it like those small design and uh, design jobs? Well, like uh, the only help I really get, my wife takes care of all the taxes and like back end kind of mm. stuff. Because uh, I'm like, I gotta. Like I'm the face of the business. I got to do everything else. You could just take care of this, but she takes care of that back end stuff. But uh, for me, that's really the only other help I get unless I outsource the design or something like that. But like, I think it's just a, like, it's just good knowledge to have to know where your limits are and it's mm -hmm. okay to like outsource certain things and you'll do better <laughs> like mentally by not trying to do everything all the time because it is yeah. exhausting. Yeah, I if I was um, suggesting for like a new studio, I'd say the finances and the bookkeeping and that bit is the first thing that I'd get rid of, like get it off your plate because they'll throw up things that you haven't even thought of when they're doing the deep clean on you. And mm -hmm. <laughs> they're just like, oh my God, is this how you've been doing it? And you're like, yeah, yeah. why is that bad? And they're like, yes, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I went through cleaned. that a few years ago because <laughs> yeah. I was trying yeah. to do it all and I was like, out of my uh, expertise yeah so yeah definitely that kind of stuff finances taxes like just your profit margins because like you'll think you're making money and then you sit down and really <laughs> break it down and you're like oh geez i just paid them to print these shirts like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you pay yeah you paid for the order like you might as yeah. well have just donated the shirts because well i did that you donated um, your time I think it was about two weeks ago, I quoted this job and it was front and back print and both sleeve prints on a long sleeve, like multiple color all the way around. And I didn't quote them for the sleeve print. And I, just, <laughs> <laughs> and I still had to print it because I already told, like we agreed that was what we were doing. I can't go back and be like, oh yeah, by the way, I left off like $500 off of that order. Like it just kind of is what it is. <laughs> and it still happens from time to time it's less and less than when i started but those little things like they add up if you aren't careful you know mm. that's why I, I try not to like quote custom orders like after lunch because <laughs> like i'm just like <laughs> mentally not there like i have to crunch numbers in the morning that's like a morning thing oh, that's really good to know yeah that you've got your the zones and you're like i am gonna mess up if i do this late yeah well i i really try to set up my days like that like Anything that takes like way more cognitive ability, I do first thing in the morning. I got, I check all my emails. I 
like work on the website. I do designs. Like everything at the computer is like a morning thing. And then after lunch, that's usually when I do printing or I'll fulfill orders or like reclaim screens, like the menial, like more mindless task I say for the afternoon mm. for sure. Yeah, that's really clever. Why not? Also, mm. when you get when you start designing your time like that, it gets really addictive. And like so I used to work in here like I don't know, like must be must be 12 hour days every single day and I'd go home and I'd also like be so tired just driving back and it was probably unsafe and then like weekends yeah. were just for the studio I'd just really easily give over a weekend to do a job but when you start like going no Friday afternoons are mine I'm never going to do a job on a Friday then you start seeing all the other places where you can put in your own time um yeah so it's, it's really interesting how you said, like, no, I'm going to do camping because I'm working on the weekend, so I kind yeah. of deserve it. Not but that I, just yeah, I still give myself, like, time off, but, like, the way my schedule works, my time off might be in the middle of the week, you know? Mm-hmm. And even though I'm going camping, it's still technically business because I'm just going to take a bunch of product photos while I'm out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, like, my friends are like, oh, Jacob's going camping again for work. And I'm like... <laughs> Don't knock me because I've built a business that I get to go camp for work. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, perfect. Exactly. So, like, you could, when your kids are a little bit older, they might, like, really enjoy working on the markets and, like, selling. And then they learn that entrepreneurial thing instead of having the lemonade store. They're like, no, I'm yeah, designing well, my, a shirt, printing. My oldest is five, and we've already, like, had him draw on transparencies and print his own shirts and Every time I turn on the oven, he's like, can I do a test print? <laughs> he's yeah. like, he just wants to do all the test prints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very cute. Like, why not? That's, yep. I, I just think that's building in so many, like, really solid values for him. And stuff, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and he sees what, I, like, what I'm doing to, like, directly provide for the family. You know, I'm mm. not, like, going off somewhere to do it. But, um kind of background of the time management thing like you were saying you could easily work 12 hour days and you get home and you're exhausted and you're like what the hell did I actually like accomplish today because like if you don't structure things you're just kind of like well I'm gonna do this over here and then I'm gonna do this and then that and like you aren't really accomplishing anything at all you're just kind of half-assing a bunch of little things Mm. and being very structured like that is important especially when you're the only person doing everything like my mind's like a mile like 100 miles an hour all the time yeah and you always have that like underlying dread that you're missing something you're like yeah. I know I'm forgetting about something even though <laughs> I've been like I got a dry erase board here I got a calendar here I have like my main notebook that like when I go camping that notebook comes with me like everything is in that notebook and I'm still like I'm forgetting something I know it like, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's so easy to do I used to brag about the most ridiculous shit when I first started because I thought it was like hustle culture and I thought it was really impressive to have like three machines going at the same time mm-hmm. like, it's like no I wasn't at the end of the day I was knackered I wasn't actually making profit I was turning over a hell of a lot and I was making mistakes and all of those were eating into my money but I didn't know it because I wasn't tracking my profit it's all yep. We're not in this as a hobby. We're not just yeah pissing around in yeah. the garage after work yeah. for nothing. We're we're trying to make businesses, aren't we? So yeah, 
Yeah, and, and being busy, busy doesn't equate to being successful. You know, yeah. like I could easily every single day like work till eight or nine o'clock every night. And that's something else which is super easy to do, being that like all I gotta do is walk through this door, like when <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch, which I will do, something'll pop in my head, I'll run in here and write it down. But like with my shop being attached to my house, like I have to make a conscious decision to like cut off work every day. And I try mm-hmm. to do that so I have family time and all that because I could easily sit in here all night long and like fiddle with stuff, but it's not really benefiting me anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it is something that you kind of learn, isn't it? But we'll, hopefully you take advice from from people like us who have done it and haven't got anywhere out of it and had to change mm-hmm. Um, no, it's really interesting. I think we've got a lot, a lot of really good insight into how you built it. Um, have you got like a, a shop hack that you'd want to share with anyone? Like something that you think is unique to your studio or? Hmm. Let me think. I mean, I got a bunch of little stuff. I don't have like a. Yeah, go for the little things because they might just surprise people. Well, one little thing, I'm looking at all my ink knives over there, and they're just like on a magnetic strip for like kitchen knives, so I don't have to wipe <laughs> them off every time I'm done with them, or oh, keep nice. them in the ink bucket. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can... I can't, I, I uh, think I can imagine it as well. I can, I can right see, over there. yeah. And uh, using those large screens as key saves on tape. It's, it's all these little things that add up. I don't have like one thing mm. that like this is like what I'm known for. It's all these little things to streamline, keep your shop clean as possible and efficient. Yeah. But and it will just trickle down, it. won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. It those little, it's, those little successes and those little wins will like snowball into success later down the road, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's habit building. It's, it's not just the screen printing. It's everything in life. You just build those little habits and all those compile to more and more success. So, yeah that's what you brought into your fitness as well isn't it because I saw a post a little while ago and it was like oh this is how I I used to think I was really trim but actually now like I've built in this structure into my life as well and it's yep transpired that you're like hench now (laughs) 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 don't know if you've got that word in America but it's yeah it's funny yeah yeah it's really cool I really appreciate your time and uh telling us about all of that and I hope you have more litter specific shirts. Oh, I'm sure soon. I will. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get a litter bug one. Or I could just like make that the theme of my next shirt. Like see if <laughs> see if people around here hate it as much as I do. Yep. You just, well you get to so, use the word rubbish. Oh, do you not have that one? You got trash. Yeah, if, if I use rubbish on a shirt here in America, that people will be like, What are you doing? Rubbish? <laughs> what is, what is rubbish? Okay. All right. Thank you good so talking much. to you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.